Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Take great things take time, so uh, that's that's uh, a good saying that our coach, even down in in, uh, in sorry in Everett, said. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to trust the process, so um, it's a long process, and and uh, um, you just have to stick to the stick to the grind every day, and, and just worry about getting better. And um, I know that's that's uh, one of the big things that Philly believes in is just taking things day by day, and, and just worrying about getting better every day. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. That was Carter Hart, 19-year-old future franchise netminder for the Philadelphia Flyers, saying, you gotta trust the process. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio, where we always trust the process. That's right, BSH Radio. We're coming to you live from the Wildfire Studios. My name is Bill Matz, and I am your director of fun and games for the evening. We have a great show tonight. Uh, we're going to do a lot of stuff with the NHL playoffs. It's, uh, it's all sorts of Flyers things. I want to get to that Carter Hart trust the process. Just a minute, I have a hot take about it. But I want to first introduce you to my panel. First and foremost, the guy who really just gives us all of our credibility, Charlie <laughs> O'Connor. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, the uh, one of the big stories today. Uh, well, I guess you'll be listening to this probably tomorrow. But one of the big stories today was that Joe Thornton played apparently through a torn ACL and MCL in the playoffs, and it really just kind of brings me back to what I I go back and forth on this. I really do. Um, when does playing through injury in the playoffs go too far? Because it's very obvious. keeping it real goes wrong. There you go. Um, <laughs> but it's very obvious that like that's kind of one of the things we you know we build up as one of the great things about the playoffs is that these guys are so tough and they play through injury. And it's one of those things why, you know, hockey players are so tough. You get the backlash of the, like, please like my sport thing. But seriously, it's kind of neat when you realize just how, you know, how important the Stanley Cup is to these guys. There's definitely become something of a backlash, though, in in recent years, particularly from the, like, so-called enlightened aspect of hockey fans. You know, a lot of stat people are very much opposed to the idea of playing through injury. It's that, you know, it's part of this this macho culture that shouldn't be part of hockey. And to a degree, I, I, I agree, especially when we're talking about concussions, because I don't think players, at least previously had a full understanding of the long-term impact of concussions and they were pushed by coaches and teammates and by peer pressure to play through it and then their career ends at age 30 because concussions are really really bad but at the same time i don't necessarily agree with the idea that like every player that plays through injury is an idiot and it shouldn't and they shouldn't be praised for they should be criticized for because they're perpetuating this culture of playing through injury and and sacrificing your body over the long term I, I like it. Like, I like the idea of players caring that much to make an informed decision that they're risking their long-term health to, to, win, a, to win a team game. Like, I don't, I don't think it's inherently a bad thing. And, and it kind of annoys me when it's presented by some people as inherently a bad thing. I don't think it's inherently a bad thing, but this expectation that we have of guys that, yeah, it's the playoffs, your ribs are broke, your knee's fucked up, like, whatever – you don't just go out and play and it's like, yeah, I'm in a ton of pain and I'm also playing. Like, no, you're taking some really long-term harmful substances, sure, uh, whether sure. injections, painkillers, whatever, to be able to go out and do that. And that's kind of the point that I was going to make. So, like, how informed and conscious of a decision was it when he's popping opiates by the handful. Like I mean, that, that you've got to be to have a torn ACL and MCL and still be mobile. 
I mean, I'm sure he was taking a lot of stuff, but you also have to remember this is a guy that's been in a league the long, a long yeah, time, yeah. and he hasn't won a cup yet, and he really, really wants to. So you're going to probably have to drag his dead, lifeless body off the ice to get well, him like, not to play. Well, like, that's a pretty legitimate chance. And that's like dead that's and lifeless. I mean, and then also like hole in the lung when when you can actually die, you're taking it way too far. I would agree that that's too far. I would say that if you've got a tear, not a total tear, if you've got a tear in your ACL and you've seen a doctor and the doctor shoots your knee up full of some stuff and you can go out there and play at what you feel is a high enough level, I don't have I'm with Charlotte. I don't that's, have a you can get it. a good stable on a torn ACL, you can get a good stabilizing brace to at least yeah. make it so you can play. One has to assume um, it wasn't a, a whole my, tear. My biggest question is did they not have somebody better than a guy with one leg? Like, they, they lost the series and weren't competitive in a couple of the games. Yeah, but I, it's Joe Thornton. I was going to say, if it's not sure, Joe, it's it's, jo- if it's like Bob yeah, it's Johnson, Joe Thornton, like, it's Joe Thornton. He's because playing. he's got the name on the back of his jersey doesn't make him good. He's on one leg. He had a couple of assists in the series, but I I just, if you don't, I, I my issue is... I often believe the decisions should be taken out of the players' hands, I think especially so. when it comes to concussions. That's See, I mean, for concussions, for concussions I agree. yeah, that's different. For, for other for injuries, a torn ACL, I, I don't, I don't necessarily like that because, I mean, then again, I've made this point before. I lean towards the let you know what it's their bodies. Let the players decide to do whatever the hell they want with them. I wonder, like, I just, I remember a couple, not even a couple, it was a while ago when. Uh, Philip Rivers tore his ACL, had secret surgery the week before a playoff game. It was the AFC yeah, Championship yeah. against the Patriots, and then went out and played on a torn ACL. And I was like, dude, that was way ballsy, but I bet you Billy Volek gave them a lot better chance to win than you on one leg. So I wonder, just like logistically, if they could have had somebody better than a guy on one leg. But it, part of dangerous. what I love about hockey is that these guys are insane, and while it might be dangerous, it's a contact sport. You and know also, the risks. Yeah, also, if we're going to start taking guys out who have injuries like this in the playoffs, you're going to have a lot of teams with like half a roster sitting. Because <laughs> yeah, Eric a lot Carlson of guys was just playing on a broken foot. Like, fractured bones and cracked ribs and bruised bones and all kinds of shit going then on. Then make the season shorter so well, that, that's that, that doesn't that happen. happen. Like, yeah. So that you're not... Breaking your employees, like physically broken. It's I just mean, that's a contact it's, it's, sport. There's no way to avoid injuries. Well, not having an 82 game season could do so that. What do you cut it to? 70? I don't have an answer, uh, but I mean, <laughs> having having them on the level of painkillers and or whatever else you need to do to to get through whatever injuries they have, it's not healthy. It's not good, and it's part of the problem with sports in general. Do we have a problem with Eric Carlson though? Since they won their series, like, is that okay? Since he was playing on a broken foot, and he played really well anyway. Yeah, broken and he played... feet are is different than. I mean, you can play with a broken. So, foot. I, so I guess that's the question. Like, is, where is the line? There's just a line. Like, what where is, is the line? I mean, you tear your ACL, your MCL. You shouldn't be able to walk. Like, you should not be able to walk. A, a, a fracture in your foot. Sometimes you don't even know that your foot is fractured. Well, if it's like a partial tear, I think, like Bill said, a lot of people just put a brace on. Yeah, I had a friend. I had a a guy in. I played with a guy in high school who played an entire season on a torn ACL. But this is both ACL and MCL. Oh yeah, both. Terribly dangerous, but it's It's something that's fixable. It's a ligament. It's not. He's not going to die. He's not going to lose the leg over it. I don't think. I just think it's fucking whole leg just flies off. I I just (laughs) wonder where the line is because I I I do I am concerned with the possibility that like young players then feel like they have to play through injuries. That's what's concerning about it is the expectation that you have to play hurt no matter what, and that's when Mike Richards starts popping oxycontin like it's freaking skittles. But I I don't go so far as to say like. There's like a disconnect between the Joe Thornton news because you had half the half of the Twitter world saying, "Holy crap, this guy is so tough," and then half the Twitter world saying, "Jesus Christ, this guy's insane!" Like this was dominant. Uh, you that, got half that, of Twitter and, and criticizing and it's actually a, a bad thing that this he week, did it so. because then it makes other players feel like they have to do it too. <laughs> like, and that's where you get this disconnect. And I I feel like I'm not totally on the side of yeah, go Joe Thornton, but I'm more on that side than I am on the side of like this is bad for hockey. I'm just on the side of. If it was easy, you wouldn't get paid a ton of money to do it. Also yeah. Fair. The fly by yourself, Kelly Hinkle. Hey, it's me. Um, <laughs> so, I think my Perfect, favorite Kelly. thing about the first round, I love a good 
death of a narrative because narratives are stupid and we don't need them in sports. But I think that after Kelly, this first what, come round, come on, we got a show to do. <laughs> I know, no but we deal, we deal in facts, Bill. We don't need narratives. <laughs> um, what are these facts? <laughs> so I think that we can kind of put to rest the idea that if a team or a player doesn't have playoff experience, that team or player is automatically going to be not good at the playoffs. It's nonsense, and I don't like it. And I've heard it forever. And I think that despite losing, the Toronto Maple Leafs pretty much show that you don't need any playoff experience to know how to play to good hockey. To almost the number yeah. one seed. And exactly. On, and on the flip side, it also showed the Chicago Blackhawks don't have this like leadership exactly. gene that prevents them from being swept by the National Predators. Uh, the they'll be, they're just rebuilding right now. They're think, just ahead of schedule in their rebuild, honestly. I think they'll win the cup in two years. also lends to the... Um, the veteran presence narrative where oh you need a good good veteran guy i don't i fucking hate that yeah like, it's not necessary i mean it's you do need veterans i mean you're not saying you don't need them but you don't like, you also don't need to sign dale weiss for four years because you need a veteran presence yeah but yeah. that was just a bad signing not because right. not because they needed a veteran presence that was a bad signing because he scored 14 goals as a career high no you're right you need the veteran presence to teach you you can play through you need your a veteran falling off good like, that's that's exactly what you need a veteran presence there for. Is so you, some... you can play through whatever toughen up dude get uh, you, the fuck out of here you do need to toughen up sometimes <laughs> there are soft players who don't make it are they Swedish? No. There are plenty of soft plenty of soft Canadians and Americans too. Not a single soft lots Canadian. Of them. <laughs> lots of them. Just ask Don uh, Cherry. <laughs> my broadcast partner in crime, Steph Licious D Steph Driver. Everything good in the world is dead. <laughs> She's right. She's right, folks. Now there's a hot take. It. Every, it's actually pretty dead. lukewarm, in my opinion. There we go. Everything that is that's dead. The coldest take you're going to get from me. This is Steph Driver the day after Toronto loses. This, this is exactly it. Like everything good is dead. There is no happiness left in the world. Have that's you, Toronto have team, you seen? Though. Have you seen the sun at all this week? No, nope, no, because died. it doesn't exist. Yeah. That Toronto team took the President's Trophy winner five out of six games to overtime. Uh, that was that series was everything I wanted out of San Jose and Edmonton. Mm. The same San Jose and Edmonton series, like you just couldn't get the two teams to play well on the same night, which really pissed. Like <laughs> San Jose wins seven nothing and then yeah. goes away. Yeah. Like, it, well, you plus, just, I mean, Joe Thornton had, was yeah. playing on one leg. Yeah, the, Tom, Tomas Hurdle apparently was playing on a broken foot. Mar, something was wrong with Marla. They were just wrecked yeah. by injury. Uh, yeah, that was, I have. Uh, I need to find a Maple Leafs podcast. I have so many thoughts about that game last night. Like, like what? A lot of thoughts. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for. Why thoughts. didn't Babcock call a timeout after they iced the puck? Yeah, that was Come dumb. On. That was dumb as fuck. Oh. Because dark guy would have gone and smoked if they called timeout. <laughs> <laughs> God, that was. So I crazy. was just so happy uh, to see all that. I love dark guy. Like, I don't. Uh, he's a, you're the I'm, only. I'm, you, I'm, you're the only. I'm, 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 I'm ambivalent to dark guy. I'm a, I'm I, dark guy I actively hate him. I'm a huge dark guy supporter, I and I was the really next happy. Of trailer park. Yeah, he absolutely. Gabriel Landis Cog was on the last Boys. Wait, shut up. You, if you had told me that, I would have watched this show. Uh, yeah, funny. but I was really happy to see all the dark guy uh, uh, crying Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> that was amusing. That's yeah. how you know you've uh, made it. I played that trust the process sounder in the beginning because it's fun. Like, it's really fun when guys, especially guys from other sports, say trust the process. And it's Carter Hart, a 19-year-old Canadian. I don't know how plugged in he is with, like, you know, Sixers Twitter that he might have just said trust the process. Uh, but... It reminds it, it grounds me again and it gets me back to understanding what the Flyers are doing. Because you do very much have to trust this process and wait for these prospects to come along and not make any rash decisions until it's time. And this is all rooted in having watched Justin Williams the last couple of games. Fucking blood trader Justin Williams. Justin Williams is now <laughs> Justin Williams is now 35 years old. He scored the OT what a young winner. Man. He scored the OT winner for Washington in game 5, assisted mm. on the OT winner in game yeah, 6. Fuck him. In 7 career game 7s, he's got 7 goals and 7 assists. His teams are 7 and 0. He is the clutchest son of a bitch to ever walk the face of this earth. Nah. And the Flyers traded him for Danny Markov, which at the time cuz they were going for it, they felt they had to do and I understand the virtue of going for it. But you just can't allow those sorts of things to happen anymore. You can't 
trade Patrick Sharp for Matt Ellison. Like you can't do that stuff anymore. You can't let it happen. And that's why I'm trusting this process and saying everything's going to play out. Everything's got to come together before we make rash decisions like the coach has to go or Hextall screwing up. We might get to those conclusions. But we have to trust the process for now. I have, I have three different points, but I'm going to let Kelly talk I'm first. just going to say I hate when we alternate universe trades like this. Like, who is to say that Justin Williams would be this Justin Williams if he stayed here? No. Why one. wouldn't he be? Because he doesn't have, like... He wouldn't he turn out to be a good player? ...surrounding him that he has he on... He wouldn't turn out to be a good player? No, he'd probably be solid, but, I mean, he's playing with... <laughs> Like, the greatest players in the league in Washington. We yeah. don't have those. Yeah, but he he was good. I mean, he broke out in Carolina. I guess. And he then, won yeah, three then, cups then elsewhere. Then he was with, the, yeah. with L.A. Yeah. I mean, he was, Under the tutelage he was good of Eric T., probably. Won a, you know, <laughs> won a con Smythe. That's pretty good. Has three has three rings. Has more rings himself than the Philadelphia Flyers organization has. All right, so my three points. No, I'm, I'm ignoring you. Run the con Smythe. Um, my three points. One, I work with Justin Williams' brother-in-law. So that's cool. That is cool, actually. Um, two, this whole trust the process under, specifically talking about Carter Hart, it, it thinking about their goalie situation is a little bit maddening because of this Michael Neuvert extension. So if you just take a look at the timeline, right? Um it doesn't make any fucking sense with all of the goalies that they have in their in their camp. Um, it, it it just doesn't make sense that Michael Neuvert is the guy that you extended. So let's say that they do want to roll with Michael Neuvert. They're going to have to bring in another another goalie because you can't roll Michael Neuvert and Anthony Stolarz. You can't. Do they already that. said they're going to bring in another goal. Yeah, they're not going right. to. Right. I mean, you you just can't do that. So that means Stolarz is going to stay in Lehigh Valley. So it's going to be Stolarz, probably Lion. Why? Where where else are you going to put him? In the NHL behind whoever they bring in. <laughs> oh God! Still, we're still. <laughs> I'm absolutely this. so. We're, Michael Neuvert will not be here to start next. Bill, season. I'm I'm dealing with reality right now on April 24th. Let, you you've made your point. Let Steph continue with her. Thank her you because because I can't I can't deal with this fucking crazy. How can you criticize something before you know how it's going to play out? Because it's clearly done with other well, moves. In well, mind. then why why are you criticizing that the Flyers haven't won the cup in 50 years? Because they might next 50 years. Why can you how can you criticize without well, something that like. No, I'm pissed. saying, I'm saying, shut up. Let me talk. Um, so, Anthony Stolarz back down in the AHL with, let's say, Alex Lyon. So then you've got Carter Hart, who we know is going to be back in Everett next year. Then you've got Sandstrom, who can't come over now because there's no room for him in Lehigh Valley. So he's going to be in Sweden for another year. And then you've got all of these college guys where they're still. No room for anyone because you re-signed Michael Neuvert. If you had re-signed Steve Mason, then it would be no problem to have Stolarz come up, make room for Sandstrom, and then then you still have the college guys. But then it would still it would be a rolling two-year process, dealing with the goalies, getting them up, getting them developed, instead of just leaving them out there to rot. Third point: Who's rotting? All of the college guys who are going to have nowhere to go after they graduate. Merrick Madsen. Is that who we're worried? Like our fourth so we've, goalie pros- prospect? We've got Merrick Madsen. We've got uh, Tom- Tomac. Tom- Who's, who doesn't Tomac. play for North Dakota. So I, I, I'm not really all that concerned about him. He's probably there, a bust. There, or he's not, but you don't know. He's because- their third goalie. I, I, I'm supposed to make room on my NHL roster for a guy who can't play in the NCAA? I'm, I'm talking <laughs> AHL. I'm talking ECHL. Anywhere. But there's just, there's no room because you re-signed the wrong goalie. Um the third point is rash decisions are not – it's saying that uh, Dave Haxtall has done a bad job this year is not a rash decision. Saying that you're out on Ron Hextall is not a rash decision or that you're questioning, you're questioning what he's done. Okay. That's not a rash decision. So, yeah, maybe firing a bad coach after two years sucks, but maybe you get a good one. Like, stop hiring losers. Those are my three points. Thank you. I would just well, like Steph's to in say a mood tonight. Uh, that I am right now calling it that Sandstrom's going to be our goalie. 
at, like oh he's gonna God. be the guy like next year no like, oh. no like oh, oh, oh. I'm saying like of all of our goalie <laughs> prospects that's the one that's gonna make an stroke. impact on our team that's worse than I was gonna I thought you were saying next year I was gonna that say fun, that's worse no. than Kurt thinking that Carter Hart's gonna <laughs> be in the NHL next year so I I, dis- I agree that that the Neuvert should not have been resigned, but I just agree because I didn't really want him on the team anymore. But I don't, I don't think the, the goalie situation is a total disaster in terms of the prospects, just because. I mean, the, the key to this whole thing is Stolarz, and while I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with him as a backup, like we can't ignore that he did not have that good of an AHL season. Mm-mm. So, do you feel comfortable putting him in the NHL as a backup when he was really just a decent AHL goalie last year? I mean, maybe, but I can I can justify giving him another year to wait for him to excel in the AHL before you make him an NHL goalie. Then from there, you have Lyon. Carter Hart can't play in the AHL next year, so he's got another year. And Sandstrom, if he like, I don't think it's the end of the world if he spends. Another he's got year another in the year third on best his... league. Yeah, if he spends another year in the third best league in the world, he's got another year on his deal. Right? Worst, he like, can't come over. I don't believe. I mean, he probably could. They probably could work out some sort of deal, but I don't have a problem with him staying over another year. And then it just kind of comes. Then you have one more year left in the Neuvert deal. I mean, you could always find some way to bury him if you have to. I don't think they're they're in terrible shape. My guess is one of Stolars or Lyon after next year will probably be gone one way or the other because whoever wins that battle will probably then be the backup next year. Like There are ways for them to maneuver this, so I'm not terribly concerned about the goalie situation yet, but we, we're getting to the point. Next year, I think, at the, at the end of next season is where the logjam really starts getting messed up because that's when Carter Hart comes gets out of the uh, gets out of juniors and he's going straight to the AHL, if not the NHL. Like That's where things get get crammed right now it's still okay well let's look at what the deal is and what goalie they sign if it's if it's more than two years it's not gonna be that's why it wasn't steve mason we'll see i I mean you don't know it could be we'll see they've done a lot of really questionable shit i guess they've done like one really questionable thing to me it's give dale weiss four years how about extend belmar that's fine whatever how about extend neuvert i mean these are neuvert a backup goalie you gave him no money to be your backup, he got a, he got a he raise. Pretty good money for a backup. Okay, so he got pretty good backup money. He's a pretty good backup. He had a terrible year, and his career is pretty decent backup. So he probably just had a bad year. Hopefully, I, I mean, I I think that's fair. Twenty eight years old. Yeah, that's fair. But I just would have rather had Mason Stolarz as your tandem next year. Sure, but they don't want to pay Mason because he's going to get four years somewhere, and that's really not going to happen. I don't think. I don't will. think he is either. I think that's what he wants. I don't think he's going to get it. He'll get it from somebody. He'll get it from Dallas. I mean, I would think the only He'll team... He'll get it from Winnipeg. The only team I could see going after him at this point is Calgary. Yeah. Because I'm guessing they're not going to re-sign Elliott. Maybe. No, let's bring in Elliott. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Bill. I mean, he's an option. <laughs> I don't... Next year, the goalie doesn't matter to me. It's all about everything else. And the goalie is is a waiting game the until one of these guys get I want to be decent. I was going to say, like, I don't want to did burn you see what happened year. this year when we had a shit couple of goaltenders? we got to have somebody who can stop a puck every now and then. It's it's Maybe. a waiting game until someone gets here. Like, whoever they bring Maybe. in is a stopgap anyway. So it's not, right. so we're already looking at another burnt year. Yeah, that's what a process no, is. No, we should not. They could get to the playoffs. They could be a borderline team. But come on, are they going to – you just watch that first round. Who are they competing with? I mean, the, no, they're the, bad. the entire other side of the bracket. Who in the, East, <laughs> the entire other side of the Easter Conference bracket, which is trash. Yeah, but is it like are they <laughs> yes, better than Mont- are they better than Montreal? Are the Flyers better than Montreal? No, but I, I mean, I think they can be better than the Rangers, who apparently beat Montreal. They, yeah. they did because they're going to win the cup. Sorry, guys. The Rangers are like <laughs> years ahead of the Flyers. Uh, they're, they're... Henrik Lundqvist is a better player than. Anybody on the yeah, Flyers. But he's also 35 and could fall off a cliff at any time. Okay, yeah, and we said that about Brodeur for 30 years. I mean, so he, he did fall off a cliff at some point. Yeah, when he was 42 years old. He well, actually. He, he was bad before then. He, had he was only, bad for a lot yeah. of years, but he was playing behind a team that allowed 15 shots a he, game. He had the one good year they went to the Cup, but before and after then, he was pretty bad for a while. He was just Martin Brodeur, so he never lost his job. Yep. I have I'll so many Martin Brodeur hot takes from the 90s. I'll, I'll save them for another day. All right, so the first <laughs> round has concluded. Uh, I am 
I usually uh, the playoffs under this format tend to get boring in the second round. Yeah, it's a great but, uh, format. Yeah, it's really not. It's good. awesome. It's really not good, but. I, there are two series here I absolutely love. The Penguins caps because someone's going to lose, which is awesome. And uh, then they just get a, a free ride to the Stanley Cup final, basically. And Predators Blues is just going to be an awesome series. See, I can't wait. See, I disagree. I'm more excited about Oilers Ducks because I think the Predators are going to roll over the Blues. Yeah, I, I hope so. Same. I see the Blues as a team... Because I've been, I was out on them this year. This is the this year is they fun. come through. They are almost like the Sharks last year, where they've had such high expectations for so long that it might finally be like everyone's like, oh yeah, the Blues. They'll, I, look, they'll I, blow it. I'd like to see the Blues do well. My thing with the Blues is just that, like, they did not play well in their first round series. Jake Allen stole that series, so they have to play a lot better in the second round because yeah, they definitely can't, they can't depend on Jake Allen stealing two straight series. He's not. I mean. He's, he's an okay goalie. I don't think he's going to Yaroslav a lock this playoffs. No, but I often I often believe your goalie has to steal you one series. And if you can get by, like the Capitals did, they got by in that Toronto series. They just got by. That, but barely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I feel like that test and being like, okay, time to ramp it up now. We got lucky in that last one. I just feel like it's a mental game that, uh, that helps teams get through. Maybe. To some, I don't. I don't expect the Blues to win. Uh, I, I like the Predators a lot here, and I don't really, yeah. I, I like the Predators a lot. I am going all in on the Oilers. There's nothing fun about the Ducks. No, yeah, I mean, I'm rooting no. for I'm, I'm rooting for the Oilers. In this I don't even like the Oilers Just, that much, but I'm easily rooting for them over the Ducks. Yeah, like my my. Babies are gone, so I need to go find my my other baby, and it's Connor McDavid. So. Um, Oilers. That's the, uh, the end of my story. Oh, Senators! I let's let the Senators beat the Rangers because they're so bad. <laughs> I Eric Carlson is so much fun to watch, he's and that awesome. team is so friggin' bad. It's uh, he's the MVP. Watching if you watch that, he's the best. He is the most valuable player in the league because if you took him off that team, they'd yeah. be the worst team in the league. They, they, they would it wouldn't awful. even be close. Yeah. They would be worse than everybody. They'd be worse than the Devils. Well, Cherry Hill native Bobby Ryan has showed up in that series. Cherry Hill native. Native Robert Stevenson. Okay, oh, you make Here you make that again. joke every week. <laughs> every, every time someone says Cherry Hill Native Bobby Ryan, I'm going to say it. Okay, it's the same person. Nope. I, yes, the DNA is the same. It's the same person. <laughs> Can't prove it. No, the, the, the Ranger Senator series is just watch like, me. It's the epitome of a who cares series because both of yeah. those teams are going to get ripped by whoever wins Pittsburgh Washington. Like they're not even in their same class. Unless they, Pittsburgh Washington is a shit show, which it very well could I be. I think they're going to beat the shit out of each other for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's it's yeah. something that the, could happen. Which is interesting because the Capitals are banged up. Like the Leafs did did a number on them. So yeah. they're they're already going yeah, into thanks, this Kaja, banged you up. Asshole. The Penguins oh. just hey, ran hey. through. We like not today, Charlie, not yeah. today. <laughs> Give us a day. The Penguins just ran through uh Columbus. Yeah. I, I kind of expected more of a fight out of Columbus, but uh, despite their injuries, they just seem to have that depth, uh, the Penguins do. Uh, Let's just dig up these small forwards that everybody <laughs> underrates because they're small. And Oh my God, wait a minute, Jake Getzel and Connor Sheary are actually good because they scored a ton in lower levels and they scored a ton in the AHL, and maybe we should give guys like Jordan Wheel a shot way sooner. It's really... What do you know? It's unbelievable that, like, especially height, over like, what does it matter how tall someone is? That it, it blows my mind. Like height over skill. When it's like, okay, what's the game? Skating, passing, shooting. Okay, yeah, let's see. Yeah, but he's not tall. What, no, when no, when so did that stupid. come into it? I just said skating and shooting and yeah, no, he's not tall. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I that shit blows my mind. But uh, who? So I, I guess we all like we all like the Penguins. Don't like. Uh, we like the Penguins to beat the Caps. I no, I mean, so. I'm picking the Caps. You're picking the Caps. I picked the Caps to win the Cup. Of so did I, but I'm kind of out on them. Like, I know I just did the whole thing. I think like it might be a confidence booster to have that test and get through it with with uh, with Toronto, but I just I don't see how they're going to beat the Penguins. Mm-mm. Well, unless the Pens are super, super stupid and keep Flurry in when I... I don't know. I mean, I know that... They have this thing where like, well, he played well in the first round, but he didn't actually play that well in the first <laughs> round. And if you have Matt Murray coming back, I don't know why you wouldn't 
put him in and see what he does? I mean, if they keep Flurry in, there's a good chance that he's going to flurry it up and yeah. they're going to lose. I, but I, you I, can I, always go. You can always go to Murray. Yeah. If Flurry is still like stopping the puck, game, do you take I mean, him out? Yeah. I think the Caps are a measurably deeper and better roster than the Penguins. So the only way that I can I can operate weren't they last year? Uh, no, because the Penguins were better last year because they had Latang. And they had the HBK line going crazy. <clears throat> and they had Sullivan system just destroying everyone because no one knew how to deal with it. Now, Latang's hurt. The the HBK line is like broken up and not as good as it used to be anyway. And people know how to attack Sullivan system. Like, no, I think the Capitals if you look at the Capitals lineup, I mean it's stacked from top to bottom. They have three lines that drive play. They added Shattenkirk to their defense. They have the better goalie. I mean, hope he's better than both Flurry and Merrick. Oh yeah. I I think the Caps are without a doubt the best team on paper. Yeah. I don't think that's a question. I just you see someone fail so many times, like, oh yeah, they're gonna do it. And that's mm-hmm. why I root for them, because I wanna <laughs> see them turn the narrative. I just you know, like <laughs> When uh when the Eagles had that NFC Championship game against Carolina, it, everyone's like, "There's no way we lose three in a row." It's like, <laughs> no. Why not? <laughs> they just lost two. Why wouldn't it be three? Oh, like, God, then they won the hurts. fourth. Yeah, one. and then they they loved well, they lost the, one. the Super yeah. Bowl. But. Yeah, sure. It uh, hurts. Oilers, Ducks. Yeah, I just am all about. I really would just prefer to see the Oilers. That would be so much better. Yeah, yeah the fun. Ducks suck. The Ducks. They're, do they're just suck. nothing fun. They have the ugliest jerseys other than the Senators. They, none of their players are cool. Nobody likes Corey Perry. Yeah. No. Who would like Corey Perry? Well, like weirdo. What they had the most marketable logo and marketable name ever, and they were like, nah. and they were just like, "Oh fuck you, we want to do something it's different." And they it's started wearing pity. orange. Yeah. Like, we want to be serious. Yeah. This is sports. This is this is serious business. <laughs> we are playing a game here. <laughs> so uh, we have some we have some former flyer news here. Uh, John Stevens. Head coach of the L.A. Kings. Yeah, Rob Blake that, came that, out today. Thing. And, I Rob hope Blake someone made him out, a cake. <laughs> Rob Blake came out today and said there wasn't a coaching search. As soon as we made our decision, we started talking to John. Is that like? Is that how things are done? That just doesn't seem like the best way to go well, about but, things. But he's been like waiting for this job for a long time. I, I do believe he deserves a second chance. You never know. Maybe he's like the next Terry Francona. Where I mean, yeah. Francona when he was the manager of the Phillies was like the biggest moron in the world. And then the Red Sox hired him, and we all laughed. We're like, "Wow, they're hired, and they're never going to break the curse." Yeah. And then Francona's like a Hall of Fame manager. It now. turns out, it turns out when you have a good roster, you're good, <laughs> and you when know? you have a bad roster, you're bad. Is this true? No, oh, sorry. <laughs> But I, I would like to see Stevens do well because I do like the Kings and he it's he's back with he's back with Jeff. Back coaching Jeff Carter. That is true, I forgot uh, about that. Yeah, they they've had all sorts of success together. Uh if you want to call it that. Yeah, they won a Calder Cup. They got to a, they got to an Easter conference final together. Did That's, you just say Calder so, Cup? Yeah. He did. I don't want you to do that anymore. The Calder Cup. <laughs> Calder. Yeah, I'm not going right, to say this, that. Right. This next question makes me very happy because for me, the answer is a resounding yes. Is the Blackhawks window closed? I think it is. Yes, with that emoji where it's like a thing, like a firework. Yeah, I just out. don't see how Yay. you can come to that conclusion yet. I just, I, I also, I'm with you, and we don't agree ever. I so just, with with Schmaltz and Hartman and like what they have, uh, their ability to just add guys, just go out and find a Panarin. Like, I, I see my. I don't see how you can I, slam it shut. I, I wouldn't slam it. Shut, but I think it's closing. I think that the series and the teams that you've seen in this playoffs, it's a different breed of hockey, and I don't know whether they have that. My my thing with the cat with the with the, the Blackhawks and what really really irritates me about their structure and the way they've been building their team over the last two or three years is that it's legit. And I made this point on Slack a couple times. It's it's, it's a Ponzi scheme. Their entire. Their entire success, because they have so many big contracts that have filled up the bulk of their cap, their entire success is predicated upon convincing players to take below-market deals to join their team. And the only way they do it is because they convince players that they're going to win. But they wouldn't win if they didn't convince those players to take below-market deals. And I think maybe, just maybe, two years of them not doing shit in the playoffs will finally have teams be like, hey, you know, and finally have players like Panarin say, you know what, instead of joining the Blackhawks, maybe I should join the Oilers, or maybe I should join the Maple Leafs, because the Blackhawks haven't done well in the playoffs, and these are the new the, the new power teams. And if they're not getting Brian Campbell's assigned cheap deals, and they're not getting Artemi Panarin's to come over from the KHL and be... 29-year-old rookie of the year candidates, then I don't think they can compete. 
because they have so many huge contracts, they're never going to have the depth to compete against the teams that are getting really good players on EC, on, on entry-level deals. I get what you're saying, but you know what happened between their 2010 and 2013 Stanley Cup championships? What happened, though? First-round exits. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> they lost in the first round the last two years after their, what, 2015 Stanley Cup? I just but did that they was, score but that any was, goals? It was also because they that had to worked. blow up the team because Talon couldn't sign restricted free agent contracts correctly. If you remember correctly, yeah. I, I'm just I until they show me they can't do it, I can't close the door. In the same way, I can't say I think the Caps are going to win. Fair because Chicago has proven that they can figure out ways to do this, and that Ponzi scheme worked for Detroit for how long? Because they happen to have Lidstrom. Like it just it worked for Detroit for 25 years. So, I, I don't know. I can't close it on the Blackhawks yet. I just I like to see dynasties. I like to see how many they can get. But I also like to see that next team come in. So, if the Predators really were that next team, that's going to take that next well, step. I don't think they're the next team. But, I mean, I, no, I, just, think, I think they can, they can go on a run this year. Yeah. I mean, the next team in the West is probably Edmonton. Yeah, maybe. I don't trust their fr- If you want to talk about a front office, Ooh, boy. I don't trust a little bit. They have Connor McDavid, and that'll keep them competitive. I don't expect them to make any of the decisions that you have to make to yeah, keep maybe. you to keep you successful for the long term. Do not criticize the Oilers front office on Twitter.com, or your <laughs> notifications very, will very never angry. stop. Who? <laughs> They're crazy people. I, I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about any Canadian's opinion, quite honestly. <laughs> Except Dark Guy. I love you, Dark Guy. <laughs> dark Guy, come on the show. Do you have Why didn't please, we get Dark Guy on don't. the show? I did, That was your job. I tweeted you one I job. Did, I fell out of love with that. I was like, ah, I, it, seemed like such a, a, it seemed like such a good idea to have Dark Guy on. And I was like, what the hell am I going to talk to him about? Like, <laughs> darts and face painting. <laughs> yeah. And I bet he likes Trailer Park so Boys. There would have been a lot of things. So you're a 35-year-old man who paints his face to go to hockey games. What's that huh? like? How are you? Do you live with your mom? <laughs> Worse than a toothache. <laughs> nah, it's better. It's like, actually wonderful. Yeah, I was saying, I was thinking it was the first time we've seen Steph smile today. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about that hockey team, the Phantoms. Yeah, down 0-2 to their rival Hershey Bears. Well, okay. That's all the time we have for minor league hockey. <laughs> no. I, so Both their goalies are hurt and they're not very good. What a the, the team, the team is good. The team is good. The, the Yeah, it sucks. When they lost... Uh, Lion on Saturday, it just it fell apart. It, the whole, the yeah. whole everything, like the energy from the team just disappeared. The energy from the arena disappeared. They Bad couldn't fans. stop fucking anything. Uh, turnovers and and it just oh god, it was ugly. It's a best of five series, right? Yeah, they uh-huh. they do best of five, so they so have they're about to, win to get on swept. Yeah. Very possible. Yeah, yeah it's just I, it just I really was... wanted to go to Hershey Saturday too because the park's open. And it doesn't look like they're going to get to that game because Martin Olet's going to be in that. Yeah, well, it just it blows me away how the the luck the Flyers had this year in the organization with goalies. Like, yeah, I mean Carter Hart had a good year and Sandstrom's having a good year, but like they entered their they entered the season with their professional teams having two goalies in on at the at the Flyers level that were very good last year. Remember and how that, dumb we were at the beginning yeah, of the we season? They, we were like the. Flyers have two solid good we goalies. Goal, goaltending was a strength. Oh, they did. They just both played like shit. Yeah, we sometimes, we sometimes guys have bad years. And then the Phantoms come in with Stolars and Lion. Lion being one of the better goalies in college hockey the previous year. Stolars having a very good year in the AHL the previous year. Now, 
they both had pretty good years, but then once the playoffs roll around, they both get hurt. So, like, what what the hell do you even do at this point with goaltending in, in the Flyers organization, like, in the professional level? I think they should start just playing with six. The Flyers have had trouble with goalies basically since Pelly Lindbergh died. Uh, they're never going to have a goalie. So just play with six, see what happens. Oh. Sure. <laughs> That's a thing. That's a, a <laughs> it's an idea. This whole trying to have a goalie thing hasn't worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Steph and I actually were at the game. We I were. saw some we pictures on the interweb. Yeah. Uh, what we, was we went with the whole crew? What was, was, was the uh, what was the atmosphere like over in Allentown? It was really cool. I I love that stadium. And it's super nice, huh? It's it's really really nice. I got a great apple fritter at the Tim Hortons there. I was in line at the Tim Hortons for probably half of the second period. It wasn't that long, but like started at intermission. The line almost wrapped all the way around. It was a little bit crazy, but I got a donut and it was delicious. Um, no, it's and it's cheap. So we were in like row 11 from the ice or something. It was like 27, 28 bucks. Really? Yeah. Cheap. It was pretty awesome, and yeah, the the atmosphere was good. The crowd was into it. It was a fun game, and really, the Phantoms dominated for the first fifty minutes of the game. The the Bears had eight shots on goal with like ten minutes left in the in the game. Yeah, it was ridiculous, and then they found a way to lose. And and then <laughs> you can take them out of Philadelphia, but they'll always be a Philadelphia team. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, they, they will always have the Philadelphia stench. I uh, like I was uh. I was a fandom season ticket holder as a child, and Hershey was, like, the rivalry. That was the game everybody went to. There was a playoff game in 97, the year Hershey won the Cup, uh, the year before the Phantoms did. And it was the craziest brawl I've ever seen. It puts it puts the Senators' brawl to shame. And like, is is it is is Hershey Phil or Hershey Allentown now? Lehigh Valley, like, the big rivalry still? It was, it was a little chippy. It wasn't, like... Minor league hockey slap shot style by no, yeah, yeah, it wasn't like Frank the Animal by Lois just killing people out there. <laughs> Good times, but it was chippy. It was, it was, you know, what it was. It was a playoff game. It felt like mm-hmm. a playoff game. Okay. Yeah, it did, and and it was probably the best hockey that I've seen live in a year or two. <laughs> it's it's been a while. It was good. It was it was fun. What is uh what is up with their goalie situation now? Because they have they Yikes have the game is what three their and is. you know I guess. It's Olette from the ECHL and Carter Hart, who yep. was supposed to just be the emergency goalie, come learn the atmosphere here. Yeah, and- well, we have an emergency. Yeah. So. So, Guess what, kid? Is there a chance Carter Hart gets in for game three? I, I think there's a chance. I don't think it's a huge one. I, I, I think it's a chance. Yeah, I, I don't think they they would rule it out, but I just I feel like knowing Hextall, he's going to go with the conservative approach and tell them to start Olette and whatever happens, happens. But Olette was not good. and. He's an ECHL goalie. Like, they, they start him, they're probably going to lose. If they start Carter Hart, yeah, they also might probably lose, but, but at least they have, at least there's some upside here. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. You throw in Carter Hart, you don't know what you're going to get. Maybe you get something good. You kind of know what you're going to get from the ECHL guy. Or he lets in eight goals and it sets back his development and confidence. If he's and, that fragile, he's not going to make it anyway. That, that's sort of my opinion. I mean, I don't think that he is, but. Let's let's just not let's just not fuck with him. I mean, goalies we know that they're head cases. I mean, he's pretty good, but let's just not fuck with him. I just I don't, and I get the argument, the confidence argument, the development argument. And I think in the end, Hextall is going to buy that, and he's not going to have heart play in the game. But for me, it's just I, I, he seems like a you know from what we've gathered, he seems like a pretty confident kid. And if he has a bad game, I think he's fully capable of taking it to basically mean that, oh, I guess I have to work really hard yeah. in the offseason. I'm 19, and yeah. this is my first time playing pro. So, yeah, of course I don't I'm think it's it a up. terrible thing to give yeah. him a taste. No. On, honestly, what I would do is I'd put him in. Like, I, I would. I was just <laughs> what about Myers? Like, like is there a reason Myers hasn't been in yet? Because something tells me he's, like, their best player. I don't know I don't, if I'd go that I far. I wouldn't go that far either. But, yeah, I... I mean, I don't think it, I bet you he there, he's there's probably a better reason than, he didn't make the team. Some of them, yeah, because you know we're we're conservative. Yeah, and he could. There's a reason Ghost didn't make the team. Was he? He was he was too yeah, young. Was too young. Right. Well, yeah. I wouldn't say that he's the best. There's a reason Ghost didn't make the Flyers out of camp, and then was like, oh yeah, okay, a couple games in the season, he's here, he's our best player. But what they had, the we're the, conservative. The, the defensemen they used in the game on Saturday were the obvious ones: so yeah. Sanheim, Haig, and, uh, and Moran. Ryan. Then you had T.J. Brennan, who obviously isn't getting benched. And then you had Lamarck 
and alt. So is that I, how it's said, Lamarck? I mean, that's my guess. I don't know. Oh, I have no idea. I've always said Lamarch. Me too. In my head, that's I what I was. It was Lamarck, but I mean, whatever. I um, have absolutely no idea. Regardless, I yeah, one of those two guys. If you want to scratch them for Myers, give him a shot. I'd have no problem with it. But at the same time, I haven't watched the Phantoms, so maybe those guys are actually really good, and I just. You know, Mark well, clearly Alt. not. Mark Alt was really bad on Saturday. Yeah. Maybe it was just a bad game. Mark Alt, that guy is like a myth to me. I, Mark Alt is just the name I've been seeing for what feels <laughs> like ten years, and he's never ever going to play in the NHL. No, I don't think he is. I don't. Oh, no, he's like thirty at this point. Well, well, I just don't think that he's got the hockey IQ. And Charlie and I talked about this. Like, I just think that there's minimal sense. Then throw Phil Myers in, see what happens. Like, why not? Speaking of why not. Hold on. No, also Connor uh, Bunneman signed an ATO today. Right? Is that what it's called? Amateur? No, no, he signed his entry level deal. Is that, was that today? Yeah, Yeah, but like, I mean, you can have, I think he's, he may have had to sign an ATO to be eligible to practice with the team, but he signed the ELC, but then they can just slide it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, it was, something happened today. Okay. Then maybe they signed him an ATO today so he can Added him to the roster. The yeah. But like. He was he, there at the his game. His contract isn't going to start this year. He, the ELC can slide as long mm-hmm. as he stays in the, in juniors. Okay. But even if he plays tomorrow or Wednesday? Well, if he's on an ATO, he can play on the ATO. Hmm, okay. I don't know whether he's going to, but like that'd be cool. I mean, it was cool that they signed him to the entry level because he's a fourth round pick, and you know he wasn't exactly a sure thing. And clearly, they've liked him enough this year to sign him to a contract, and that's neat. Yeah, neato gang. Yeah, I like Connor. I, I like him too. I think that he could be a lot of fun. Um, my biggest impression of the Phantoms is how quick they are. They're quick, and the, they are they're, fast up front. They're small. Like their forwards are all like five foot eight. All of them. But they were blasting past the uh, the Hershey defense all game. Like they should have, that game could have easily been six to one. Like they 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 missed on a couple open nets that would have really broke that game open. And then can't the finish. Team is strong. Two two wide open nets specifically, like wide friggin' open. They missed it. Yeah, and then the goalies. I mean, Lyon did not have a very good game even prior to the injury. But I. How did he get hurt? By the way, I wasn't watching. One of the um, um, one of the Hershey players like jostled with him, and Lion's leg like got caught under himself uh, as he was trying to like stabilize himself. Yikes! It seems like he avoided like a major injury, but he's still gonna be out for the rest of the season. Yeah. So that's that's awesome. I had something else to say about oh my my favorite human being Scott Lawton, uh, and I mentioned this after the last Phantoms game I went to. Clearly far too good for the AHL. Like, he's way too talented for the AHL. And he doesn't even look like... He just doesn't even look like he gives a shit. And he's still leaps and bounds better than anybody else on the ice. So why the heck don't they bring him up? I don't know. What is the deal? I I don't don't know. It it doesn't make any sense. They still don't know what position he is. Maybe he actually doesn't give a shit anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why. I I don't see... If he's on the... If he's in the Flyers organization next year, I don't see any way they can... He won't be. Like, I don't see any way they can't use him on the roster because he's not going to be waiver exempt anymore, so they'd have to pass him through waivers. They might lose him that way. And to be quite frank, he's good enough. Yeah. Like, he's good enough to be in the NHL, so bring him up. And yeah, like, no it. matter what you think of Scott Lawton as the first-round pick and pedigree and all that. And serial killer. He is, like, definitely better than Chris Vandevelde. Oh, for oh, sure. Like, you Easily. know, Christ. he's an NHL player. I think he's better than Dale Weiss. I think Maybe. He's, I, it's I, possible. I think, I think he's better than Nick Cousins. I think that... I don't think he is. I think that he is. So this is the he... kind of thing where I wish, like, if you're going to keep him down there, just trade him. Get something yeah. for him. I, Let him have an be, NHL career. If we get to the expansion draft guesses. Uh... Let's let's do that now. All right. Good. Because I... I think there's going to be Do you think there's going to be a flurry step... of trades? Because I, I would love to, to be... see a flurry of I trades. I think it's going to be a several step process between the expansion draft and the actual draft. I think there are going to be a number of moves made uh, surrounding... Michael Neuvert going to Vegas, whether it be he's picked or we trade him there after they take like Andrew McDonald and we give them a bunch of players for like a seventh round pick. Now you're really in like, Dream World. I like, think I, there could I, I, be a deal made. No, I would love to, where, we, where whatever flyers, drugs you're on, like bring them next. I think because I'm I'm here for that. I think there could be a deal in place now. My bet, and this is the bet that we will, if we ever come up with with uh, with the stakes for this bet. I am willing to bet that Michael Neuvert is the guy selected in the draft. However, 
I believe there are several there are several moving parts to this, and there could be some kind of deal in place where we send them in a trade: Michael Neuvert, Scott Lawton, and any of the other you know excess parts as a thank you for like a seventh round pick if they take Andrew McDonald's contract off our books. That's delicious. All right, let's. Who, who's, let, let, let's take a big step back here for a second, okay? And, and let's let's move out of the out of the realm of pure conjecture, and let's assume that the expansion draft goes, generally speaking, predictable. And let's analyze the possibilities from there, because once we get into this realm of anything can happen, then how can we analyze it? Because literally anything could happen. It's funny they could trade Jake Voracek to Vegas because, well, I guess we're dealing in theoreticals here. Yeah, but I just don't see Thank that happening. You. Well, I don't see any of the things see, that you're outlining any interest happening. in Andrew McDonald whatsoever or Michael Neuvert. Like if we're being pick. really, really serious, Cap I don't floor. see them be, having any interest in Michael Neuvert. All right, we'll see. We will see. They're going to have Michael Neuvert. Michael but, Neuvert will not be a flyer. But Michael Michael Neuvert is like my last, like, that's like the edge of the cliff. Like, okay, I could plausibly see it. Once you say Andrew McDonald, mm. I'm falling down the Grand Canyon. It does not happen. I would welcome that. I <laughs> guarantee <laughs> you. Like, can I just... I guarantee you Michael Neuvert will not be a flyer when, when training I, camp starts. Oh, my God. There's can, zero chance. So, like... It's going to be a long summer for <laughs> When he is... What happens? Do you do come you up with your, some stakes? Yeah, we, we, I said, we come will up come up with, with Do you get your hosting bet. privileges revoked? Like what? Because <laughs> no, I don't want to. Let's see how well that goes. I'll, I'll host. It'll just be me and Charlie, and I will like, sit here hey, and guys. talk shit the entire time. You mean like I do? Exactly. <laughs> you, I will show you how hard it is. To, you will get one attempt at that and be like, "No, I give up." Motherfucker, have I have hosted before. Yeah, hosted yeah, stop saying without me. We have to go That's to. True. We're gonna go to Adobe, and Bill's gonna have to dress like Dart Guy. Oh <laughs> that, that would actually be really funny. Face painted Done. and everything. But <laughs> you probably do that. Back, anyway. back to the, uh, yeah, the, let's, the let's point actually. of the draft. So, so Kurt, it, it Crut, he wrote an article on Monday analyzing the forwards. I believe on Tuesday he will be writing an article or posting an article analyzing the defense uh, and who may be taken, who may be protected. And the generally speaking, the uh, the conclusion he came to was that. The last protection slot probably will come down to one of three players, and that is Jordan Wheel, Michael Roffler, Pierre Edouard Belmore. And because if you, because if you look at or if Scott you, Lawton, if you look at it, or Scott Lawton, he's like the wild card. And then I mean Cousins is another wild card. But when you break it down, the Flyers are definitely at the forward position. They if they can, don't protect Jordan Wheel, I'm out. Well, they can they can protect seven guys, and they're definitely going to protect. They have to protect Giroux. They have to protect Philpola. They're definitely going to protect Voracek, Simmons, Couturier, and Shen. So that's six. You got one more spot left. The question is, who's that seventh guy going to be? And the interesting thing about Wheel is that while I do believe he's probably the best option to protect in that I think he's the most likely to be taken in a vacuum, there's an interesting part of this because of the because of the restrictions placed upon Vegas. So there's a lot of restrictions placed upon what they can take. And one such restriction is they can only take 10 players who are not under contract at the time of the draft. My suspicion is a lot of those 10 players are going to be RFAs because they're going to figure we're going to take RFAs and we have their rights and we're going to be able to sign them. If the Flyers choose not to sign Jordan Wheel at all, but come to some sort of like handshake agreement of like we'll sign you on, on July 1st, they could bank on the possibility that Jordan Wheel will not be taken, or if he is taken, will not sign with Vegas, and then the Flyers get him, and they don't lose anybody else. Now, the risk involved is that if you don't, if, if you try to get this handshake agreement with Jordan Wheel, and then Jordan Wheel is bowled over by Vegas telling him he's going to be a first-line forward on their team, then you lose him. That's the risk. But the possible reward is that you don't lose Jordan Wheel, and you can protect a Michael Roffle. I thought, uh, Steph, you've read the rules a bunch of times. Yes. Um, I thought I saw something where, in order for the Flyers to expose an RFA, they'd already have to tender him or well, something yeah, like that. They're going to tender all the important guys. Okay, all right. That part I didn't actually know. I didn't know. I, I knew that Vegas could 
draft an RFA, but I didn't. I, I didn't know exactly how it worked. I don't think it really matters any way or the other because if they don't tender an RFA, there's if there's an RFA that 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 their team well, doesn't, how, I doesn't view as valuable enough yeah. to tender, then why the hell would Vegas want it? I don't remember if that uh, it might have been to protect a guy you already had to tender him. I don't remember. Like the, the only world. guys you don't you consider not tendering are like the Mark Alts of the world, yeah. and they even tendered right. him last year. So. I want to talk about Jordan Wheel for a second because I feel like we're all getting a little bit crazy about this guy. Um, so he's 25. He's played 37 NHL games That's at fair. 25. Like, this is a really small sample size. Yes, he looked good in the 20-something games that he was here this year. But at 25 years old, he's only played... 37 NHL games. There's not a whole lot of development left after 25. Like, this is who he is, whatever we're getting now. And, and, and this is a guy who hasn't quite been able to cut it in the NHL. That is fair. At the same time, if you look at his numbers from the, the last 20 games, and agreed, small sample size, but if you look at his numbers from the last 20 games, if he does no more developing, He's an all-star just based on his numbers from the last 20 games. So like, I'm not that concerned about him developing more. I'm just wondering how much he's going to drop off versus his 20 games. That's, That's fair. I see his ceiling as skill guy who's in your bottom six that can move up in your lineup and not look out of place Like when a winger goes down and you need to throw the raffle, up, the raffle type up there. And it's like, oh, good, okay, player who fits in. And then when you have a full lineup, he's on your third line. But Or I we just protect don't see Michael you- Raffle, who we already have, and is bigger and only two years older? Yeah. Or yeah, you protect Michael no, Raffle. I, I, I wouldn't have a problem with him protecting Raffle. The the one thing, the reason why you would protect Raffle over Wheel, and this goes back to the UFA thing, is that Raffle is under contract. Yeah. And my guess, I, I would assume, as long as they're being somewhat intelligent, that if Raffle is left exposed, that he's got to be the guy they take, right? Yeah. Like, he just makes the most yeah. sense. He's better than Dale Weiss. He's better than Matt Reed. He's under contract. So, like, and he's, he's shown he can play in the top six of a decent team in the past. Like, he's got to be the guy you take. So, I feel like if you want to if you want to keep Michael Raffle, you got to protect him. If they were, you got to cross your fingers on wheel. If they're to take a forward Vegas, I expect it to be Michael Raffle. You would think, right? If he's the one unprotected. Yeah. Because there's that group of guys that we, Lawton, Lear, Cousins, Reed, Weiss. Lear's not getting taken. I, I'm, I'm just throwing him in there. The group of guys who are, the group of guys who are, yeah. no. are going to be there. He's the one. Yeah. I think you can Raffles, make an argument, yeah. a strong argument for Vegas wanting to take Lawton, though. I could, too. You could. Yeah. I because was convinced in the beginning of the season it was going to be Matt Reed. You're building an organization from the ground up. You have a guy who's on a really cheap contract who, as Steph said, is obviously head and shoulders better than an AHL player, which they are going to know. And so you bring him in. You see what you can do. Worst case scenario, you're filling out your farm team. Or or you put him on the third line, third yeah. line center, third line winger, he, and he's going to do a good, good. Role yeah. for him. And he's making like six fifty a year. Like it's not a huge gamble. And he's twenty three. Like this yeah. is, that would be a logical pick for them. I think with Lawton, it just comes down to because he hasn't done much in the NHL. It just comes down to whether Vegas happens to have a scout that's loved Lawton for years and goes to bat for him in the war room. Like, that's how they go yeah. for a guy like Lawton, is if they have a scout who loved him in the OHL and is like, this guy is better than what the Flyers think he is, get him on this team. And then McPhee's like, okay, you know, I, I trust you. We'll I know. would imagine that any NHL team is going to have scouting that knows that Scott Lawton is better than what the Flyers are giving him credit for. Or or that. they look at the first-round pedigree and are like, if they're leaving this first-round pick unprotected, yeah, maybe, maybe we should take a, a deeper look. You know what I was thinking, uh, Steph, not to backtrack, but I was thinking about when you were talking about Jordan Wheel. Mm. Um, he's a guy that ve- uh, that uh, L.A. let get away, and yeah. they kind of gave up for on not, him. For, they gave him away. Like, they In took, the Cavalier Luke Shentry. They Shentry. took Vinny yeah. LeCavalier, um, and we're like, here, go ahead, take, take this guy. It makes me wonder about an organization like that that happened to win two cups, but uh, has not been very good recently and just fired you know, Dean Lombardi. Uh, imagine, you know... Yeah, and, and of course their coach too. But imagine that team with Wheel, Simmons, and Shen up front. Like that's a yeah, good, that's a, that's good a really good team. Yeah. And those are three guys. And like they gave up those three guys for Le Cavalier, Luke Shen, and Mike Richards. None of whom are with the team anymore. Yeah. 
No, no, they are not. <laughs> like, it's uh, Simmons. Two, Simmons is two of them aren't even playing in the league anymore. Because, yeah. like, I don't know if Simmons would have ever become Simmons on the Kings because they just never recognized that he could be a good power play forward. Like, I Justin wonder, like, 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 would they ever have, have gotten become it? Justin Williams like, on the Flyers? I think exactly. I think they get it eventually because. As they lose their older players, someone has to plug in those positions. But they never lost their older That's players. That's thing, what their yeah. problem now. That team <laughs> well, is that, still that becomes their problem because they lose guys like Shen and Simmons and then have to like yeah. keep, have to trade for Marion Gabrick. And this is why you can't alternate universe it. trades. You just can't do it. You can't. Sure you can. I mean, you can do anything you want. Yeah. It's going to be dumb. Uh, I wanted to do all sorts of stuff. I guess since we're talking about Simmons, I want to close this. It's topical. The Wayne Simmons trade thing. I've got I've got one point to make before we end the show. You can talk about Wayne Simmons. Uh, it's been topical, like you know, uh, the Flyers should trade Wayne Simmons just because you get all sorts of hot takes this time of year. There's nothing else to talk about. What would you actually be? Because lo- everyone says he's the guy we can get the big return for. What are you looking for in a big return from Wayne Simmons? A one C. Yeah, I want a core piece. A, yeah. co- a core, a younger forward than Wayne Simmons who can be a core piece. Yep. And if I'm if I'm not getting that, I'm not trading. Exactly. That's uh, who would give you that? I can't well, I'm not saying not saying it's one for one. Say it's Simmons and someone else for a one C. I just. <laughs> I mean, Galchenyuk seems pissed off. Yeah, he does. And how old is he? Like twenty two. Really? He's pretty young. young. He's young. All right. Yeah, I just. I'm yeah, not I, saying, I, look, I'm not saying I would trade Simmons for Galchenyuk, but like that's the type of person I would, that type of player that I would want back if I decided I'm trading Wayne Simmons. Yeah. Like I need a guy who can be your third, or at least one of your three best forwards, and is four or five years younger than Wayne Simmons. The thing with these Simmons thing, like there's no reason to trade him. But like, there's, be, there's a reason to trade everybody. Well, I mean, to get that's the thing. If you're gonna blow it up. But no matter what you do, it doesn't improve. No, them I don't think it's blowing long, it up. Like, I think I think if if you can get if you can get a player that you can put into your lineup and the team gets better immediately, it's not blowing it up and it's not yeah. rebuilding. But it doesn't but solve the issue. But why would a team of, trade for Wayne yeah. Simmons if they have a guy that makes us better than Wayne Simmons? Because so unless you're they unless need we're help on the power him, play, like you said, I guess. Yes, yeah, so I it's, just, I'm not talking. It's not. It probably wouldn't be a one for one. It's not going to be a PK Subban for Shea Weber. Talk when because everyone who comes to this conclusion says it's about breaking up the core. This core no. hasn't been successful it's, enough. It's, it's it we need to get better and well, that's and we need get to get better by adding, not no, subtracting. No, the, no, the way the the reason why you would trade Wayne Simmons is not because you have to break up the core because that's dumb. The reason why you trade Wayne Simmons is because you're looking at the situation. You're saying, okay, the Flyers are not going to compete. You've already thrown away next year, and then you're saying, okay, the Flyers they can make the playoffs. The Flyers aren't going to compete next year. The Flyers aren't going to compete the following year. After those two years, Wayne Simmons is a 30-year-old who's going to get overpaid like crazy for his decline years. So the justification for trading Wayne Simmons is, okay, why don't we trade him now where his value is at maximum level? Because the next two seasons when he's this gigantic bargain, we're not a Stanley Cup contender anyway. That's why the Wayne Simmons deal makes some degree of sense. I still wouldn't do it, but that's why it makes more sense than, say, trading Giroux, who you're not going to get crap so for. That's the issue, is I think it doesn't solve... You lose a 30-goal score, and it doesn't solve the biggest problem with this core, $17 million allocated to two guys who are actually declining. Yeah, Simmons' but, decline is theoretical at this point. Well, we don't know if... Voracek decline. I believe that's who you're referring to as the second. Well, I mean, I mean he Giroux was a point-of-game player, and now he hasn't been for two years in a row. So Yeah, but you, you've said on multiple occasions that... What we got to got to hope for with Giroux is that he slides yeah, in like yeah. the one C A B yeah. type of situation. Well, if Simmons can get you the other half of that one C tandem, then maybe exactly. you do do this. Sure, if you can go get Ryan Johansson for Wayne Simmons, I just don't see that as being the return. Well, I agree, but if you can get it, then it's a possibility. Sure, but if you need to add, if Vegas will else, take Andrew McDonald, be, that's yeah. awesome, but yeah. it's, it's not, not going to happen. It's not going to be a one for one. Like it's just not going to. Those the one play one for one trades are rare. Just because we saw two last off season doesn't mean they're they're the norm. So I have to take Simmons and another guy to get maybe someone who will make me as good as him. I, it just doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't see a. It makes a lot of sense. I just to me. don't see the potential for it working. It makes a lot of sense, especially not, since his decline yeah. is theoretical. He scored his career high in goals the last two years. He's reached thirty. He's never reached that plateau before. Yeah, but thirty-year-old power forwards, when they're signed to six, seven million dollar deals, which is what Simmons is going to deserve and get when his contract expires, justifiably so. Those guys tend not to age well. But he's not a prototypical power forward in that he's not carrying two hundred and fifteen pounds. 
He's his frame is he's not carrying that heavy frame. All you, all you can do when you're making these types of things is you play the odds, and the odds are is that aging curves are terrible things, and player every player deal with deals with them, and you have to assume they could have it. As I said, I'm not advocating for a Wayne Simmons trade. All I'm saying is that. There is some justification and there is some logic behind it, but you obviously have to get a really good return to consider it. And if there's you don't get one, that return, then don't do it. There's one guy I would trade Wayne Simmons for. His name is Ilya Kovalchuk. And that no. I told you I had time. No. I told you I had something to say. And we're like four minutes over time. Well, maybe you should let me talk. That so is all the time we have for we you on started, Broad Street Hockey so this week. Broad Street Hockey has started a Facebook Q&A series um, over the summer where we're doing a live video Q&A on Facebook. Um, I did one this past Saturday. Charlie is up next, 11 a.m. on Saturday. Check us out there as well on the Broad Street Hockey Facebook page. That is all the time we have for you on Broad Street Hockey Radio this week. Check out Broad Street Hockey. What is it? BroadStreetHockey.com. And also check out WildfireRadioSports.com. Have a great week, Philly. Are you ready to talk about I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.